Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! on guys welcome to time dropper for another post game live and sadly for my laker fans the last post game live of the season for an la basketball team this year in the 2022-23 season before we get started you already know the drill make sure to subscribe on dime dropper hit the notification bell for all things la sports nba basketball especially in the playoffs where we go live every night after every single game and NBA history. If you really want to learn more about the history of the game, if you're an LA sports fan, this is the place for you. And if you just love basketball, man, show your boy some love because I love basketball too. And I loved tonight, which was an amazing night, a historic night for the entire state of Colorado and Denver sports fans. The first championship appearance in franchise history with a sweep of the almighty Lakers the greatest, in my opinion, franchise in the history of basketball. They get it done four games to nothing in what was another classic, in my opinion. Really good games in this series. This series reminds me, I know this is a really weird comparison, but I think an underrated four-game sweep was the one between the Cavs and the Detroit Pistons in 2016 first round. Every game was kind of close, but then LeBron and Kyrie took over. And I don't mean to like, I know that's a ridiculous comparison, but all these games were close. But you know what was the takeaway to me more than anything? Of course, the Nuggets are the better team. They won the series, but they had the best part in the, they have the best player in the world. So that means that granted they have the best player in the series, but they had the best closer in every game, whether it was Murray or Jokic. LeBron and AD failed in that respect to come through for their teams in that moment. Now it is what it is. You know, the Lakers weren't expected to win this series but I will say this, it was, I don't want to say it was 50-50. The Nuggets were favorite, but a lot of people were picking the Lakers, man. A lot of people were picking the Lakers to go all the way. It felt like the momentum was kind of in their favor as well. You know, both teams had a great story. Of course, the Nuggets are the team that's been doing it since the beginning of the season. I've said from, from December or even the beginning, they're the only great team in the West this year. The Lakers, you can say they ended up being a great team, but... The Nuggets were the only great team all year That's in, in the West. That's an undeniable fact. The Warriors were not a great team all year. The Clippers were not a great team all year. The Phoenix Buns were damn sure not a great team all year. So the Nuggets were the only ones that were, and they got rewarded for it. Their process was the best. You can tell their chemistry is amazing. They're well coached, and they've all bought into their roles, and they have a guy, more importantly, the guy right now, the Joker. And by the way, so I see people in the live right now, 20 people on YouTube and 13 on Twitter. So I'm sorry, Twitter people. I'm shutting it down because I'm trying to get people to come to YouTube. This is where I make my money. So come over to YouTube and I made it easy for you. The, the video you're watching right now, just below the video you're watching, there's a link to the YouTube. Come in, subscribe. That's what you need to do. 
but let's get right into it. So let's talk about the game tonight. By the way, I see everybody in the chat. Really appreciate it. Edward, Raid, Golden Knight. Shout out Golden Knight, man. Sorry. I appreciate you coming to a Clipper fans live when you lose in a sweep. That is real love right there. So I'm going to try to be not too harsh. Because I'm, I'm more, I will say this. I am more happy that the Nuggets won than the Lakers lost. As I said, I'm not really a Laker hater, but I will say, man, I really don't like stands, and I've been, I'm very public about it. LeBron stands, and I was a LeBron fanboy. Like, believe me. Like, hold on a second. Hold on, I'm gonna pause the live real quick. Sorry, everybody that was listening on the audio. I was showing the live my LeBron jerseys just to tell you guys, man, I was with this guy. He was my favorite player for the first 15 years of my basketball fandom. Now, we're not gonna get into all the LeBron stuff. Yet, let's talk about the game. But if you want to talk about the game, we got to start with him, with LeBron himself. Because he was on this kind of scoring, I'm not going to let us go down mode. And the one thing I got to love about tonight with LeBron was the fight. He played all, every single second but four at the end of the second quarter. I mean, at 38 years old, 20 years in the league, having gone to the finals in half of those seasons, and you are doing Wilt Chamberlain-like things, playing the entire game in an elimination game, I mean, that is all-out effort, man. And that just shows the incredible shape that he's in. And as a leader, I think that set the tone tonight. But the thing was, LeBron was getting a lot of the shots. And I was telling my friend Oceans, I was watching the game with him, yes, the same Oceans wave that was on the... Why Kobe lost the two finals video I did a couple of years ago. We were watching. We were saying, usually so many times when LeBron's scoring a lot like this, are the other guys getting in rhythm? Are the other guys getting touches? And I think overall, even though the answer in the first half was not that much, it didn't matter because the Lakers were winning. I just didn't think. I was wondering if it would have a long-term effect. However... D'Angelo Russell, who came off the bench today, Darvin Ham made an adjustment. He went with no Jared Vanderbilt, who didn't play a lick, took out Vando and D'Lo, and then started with Dennis Schroeder and Rui. So one game too late, in my opinion, with the Hachimura starting thing. I think a lot of Laker fans would agree with me on that. But Dennis Schroeder into the starting lineup instead of D'Lo, that was a big deal. And in the beginning, LeBron, I thought, was setting the tone, not just going to the basket and getting favorable switches, but from deep. Finally, you start his three ball start to fall. And I'll give Anthony, I'm sorry, D'Angelo Russell this. When he came into the game, he created two wide open looks for LeBron from three that he made. Then there was another floater he made towards the end of the first quarter. So D'Angelo Russell got off to a pretty solid start tonight off the bench. He looked like he was playing a little more freely and was making some good plays. And one clear point of emphasis for the Lakers tonight was to attack closeouts. Attack closeouts and attack Joker at the rim. And it was working to perfection all first half. Rui Hachimura, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, LeBron James. These guys were all attacking closeouts, putting pressure on the rim. And for, I want to say, a good half of the game and maybe maybe more. Let me actually check right now. I can check how many points in the paint, what the points in the paint disparity was. Oh, man. Now ESPN doesn't want to work on me? Shit. There we go. Points in the paint, 48-62 to 62 in favor of the Lakers at the end of the game. So the Lakers won the points in the paint battle by 14, and it was very clear, like, the emphasis they were trying to put on attacking closeouts and getting to the rim. Anthony Davis did not start very well, didn't have a very good game, in my opinion, especially offensively, and that's been the big knock on him, you know, all season and, of course, in the playoffs, the inconsistencies offensively. But he was just missing chippies, missing shots around the rim, and just started a little bit slow. 
And of course, you know, with Rui starting, he was going to guard Jokic. And Jokic, by the way, defensively started in drop coverage. And I think that was part of the reason LeBron was feasting a little bit. You know, when Jokic doesn't drop, I think he really can attack the rim. The thing is, he's going to drop because they are willing to concede Anthony Davis getting that little push shot or any sort of in-between shot. Because it seems like one out of every two or three games, Anthony Davis in the mid-range area is completely broke. And they're going to go with the percentages. And that's one thing about AD that has really hurt this idea of him being the number one scoring option the best player on this team, which he is and was this entire playoff run, and I think this season as well. But now with LeBron not able to really do what he does and close the games anymore, have that stamina, and defend at a high level, which he was doing in these playoffs, credit to him because he wasn't the last two regular seasons for the Lakers. But when he's defending like that, when he's putting that kind of effort, that kind of heart, it becomes harder with the way that he plays to close games. You need Anthony Davis, not necessarily to close, but to give more consistent offensive dominance, not production, dominance. No number one option, no best player is supposed to just be a rim roller, put back guy, dirty work kind of guy offensively to score. He needs to be able to one-on-one command double teams, make the reads out of double teams, and dominate guys individually. And Jokic, he wasn't able to dominate at all in this series one-on-one at all so for anyone that says Jokic can't guard AD I mean he 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 showed he could he didn't get abused by any means and even Aaron Gordon who's such a phenomenal defender I think he's become one of the best defenders in basketball but he couldn't abuse him either and that became a big problem for the Lakers as the playoffs you know in this series really because they won the first two series and it was fine but in this series you started to see it was a problem but Anthony Davis was guarding Aaron Gordon, as I said, Rui on Jokic, and I'll say LeBron in the first quarter. I've, I've critis- I criticized in game three and at times in these playoffs where in the beginning of the game you can start out lethargic defensively, and then you'll start turning it on defensively when he comes back in for that, you know, off his first little rest where he gets that rest around like the five-minute mark of that first quarter. Of course, he did not get that rest today. As I said, he played basically every second of the game, but... He had active hands in the first quarter. He showed that desperation that you want to see. He didn't want to get swept. You could clearly tell he wasn't trying to go down easy. And there was a whole clip before the game of LeBron practicing his threes with the Western Conference Finals trophy presentation rehearsal. And, you know, it looked like for a second, oh, man, imagine if LeBron does the unthinkable. You know, he did the 3-1 in the finals. If he becomes the first, you know, team player to lead the team to a – Three nothing comeback, and you have that motivational, you know, shooting with the cameras. It seemed too good to be true, and it clearly was uh, for the Lakers. But the Nuggets, despite you know LeBron going nuclear in the first quarter and making all his threes, finally they were hanging around, even with MPJ going 0 for four from three, and all of them were great looks. Jokic was still pretty aggressive and getting good offense, and you know Murray was scoring here and there, but nothing too crazy from Denver in that first quarter. The score after one was 34 to 28, the Lakers. And then the second quarter, a really good quarter for the Lakers as well. They scored 39 points in the second, and the Nuggets scored 30. So 73 to 58 in favor of the Denver. uh, I'm sorry, in favor of the Lakers. So that's a good first half. You'll take that all day long. Let me see my notes from the second half here. So. Lakers defense was sharp I thought in the first half everybody was active Anthony Davis still a presence even though you know the Lakers are trying to get him to stay around the rim he wants to they guard Aaron Gordon 
so they can sag off and play that help side. But tonight was a special game for Aaron Gordon offensively. I've been saying he needs to shoot the ball with confidence, and you started to see a little bit more of that in the last game. But in this one, he was shooting the ball with confidence and making it. And I remember when he hit that first open mid-range, I think in the first quarter, after that, it looked like he was shooting the ball and letting it fly when he got room, and he was knocking it down. And that was big because you already know what kind of other things he's going to do. Great in transition, great on the offensive glass, great defensively, guarding LeBron, guarding AD. I mean, just doing a little bit of everything. But he was keeping the defense honest, and that made it a little bit tougher as the game went on for Anthony Davis to just sit there and roam. I thought Dennis Schroeder's defense was really good in this game, really good. Um, Murray was not nuclear by any means, and I thought that his effort was really good. And what was really impressive in the first half was that he was 3-for-3 three three from deep. And someone else that was really impressing me, Tristan Thompson. Yes, Tristan Thompson got some burn in this game. And in the first half, he was out there switching on Murray on the perimeter and staying in front and causing misses. I couldn't believe my eyes. Tristan fucking Thompson. The Lakers were 7 for 11 from 3 in the first half. And again, it all started with LeBron. It was a ball-dominant approach, but he was really going at Jokic, was abusing him in the pick-and-roll and drop coverage. And eventually, they started hedging the screens with LeBron with Jokic because late in that first half because it became too problematic. LeBron was getting to the rim at will. He was knocking down the three ball, and he was out there working hard. Although I will say, Jokic offensively, still a solid half. Scoring in the post, an array of moves. You already know how Jokic does it. Knocking down the jumper, hit a couple of threes. Just still being the best offensive player in the NBA today. And I also need to say, before I forget, towards the end of that second quarter, the officiating in favor of the Lakers was crazy. Some really bad fouls against Jokic and the Nuggets and just weird ticky-tack calls. Um, and as I said, the Lakers were up by 15 going into the second half. But the biggest thing was, you know, LeBron had what 30 points at half. It was his highest scoring playoff half of his career of his career. And I was just wondering, is he going to run out of gas? Cause we've seen him in this playoffs in this series in particular run out of gas, at the end of games. And now he's putting more of a load on himself going all out it was what 11 for 13 in the first half so he shot a lot he was attacking a lot he was attacking very frequently I mean it was just amazing to see what he was capable of doing but it is a marathon not a sprint and I was really wondering if he would have the legs and he didn't he didn't and you Laker fans you can let me know did he need to do that or could he? Because that was a choice by him. That was a choice. It wasn't everybody was bricking, so he went off. And that wasn't the case. Anthony Davis may have been bricking, but a lot of it, again, we, they weren't really throwing him the ball that much one-on-one. Now, I just said that he's not been consistent one-on-one, so I don't think that they should have done that more than getting it to LeBron. But let's look. I think a lot of other guys were efficient. Austin Reeves, 6 for 11. I was telling my friend Oceans when I was watching the game with him. It didn't feel like Austin Reeves got as many pick-and-rolls today. Um, Rui Hachimura ended up going cold, but yeah, D'Lo was even 50% in his 15 minutes. Didn't play much. Lonnie Walker, 15%, you know, so Dennis Schroeder, five for 13, 50% from three. So it's not like these guys were all bricking or anything. LeBron got hot early and he just kept on being aggressive. But again, I'm going to say this when you play that kind of way and other guys aren't super in rhythm, 
I'm not saying they were out of rhythm completely, but I'm just saying that you are going to have to be the one that initiates the plays late and makes things happen. And tonight, we'll get into it, but it didn't work out that way. You can't expect someone to bail you out. You can't if you play this way. Now, second, this is more vintage, Bron, but let's go to the second half. The Denver Nuggets came out with urgency. The Lakers went up 15, 75 to 60, and the Nuggets responded with a 7-0 run. Jokic, by the way, still dropping in the pick and rolls, and Aaron Gordon and KCP, all of them were doing a really good job getting over screen, so he didn't have to come up too much. So no lob or anything for AD. He kept AD in front of him, and that was really big. But AD still starting out a bit shaky, not finishing around the basket, not making his open shots. And mind you, he was getting the mid-range. And I think a big thing that I noticed right away in the third quarter, LeBron's body language was not the same. He was not looking to attack. He looked completely gassed. He wasn't running with the same pace. He just was you know, the last one getting back or getting getting forward, I should say, offensively. It wasn't a transition defense thing. but And he wasn't being aggressive. He wasn't getting the ball. I remember they showed a stat after like the first four minutes of the third, and it said LeBron three touches. And he had the opportunity to call for the ball. It wasn't like they were running a bunch of sets for everyone else. And I thought he was pacing himself for the fourth. But in that time, the Nuggets were, you know, running it up. The Nuggets were running it up and getting back in the game. Aaron Gordon, his shooting, awesome. Made a couple of threes, his second effort. And remember, when the Nuggets get stops, they can get out in transition. And Rui committed a couple, two cheap fouls on Joker for three points each. And by the way, at one point, Aaron Gordon was, when he got put in the pick and roll guarding LeBron, he was doing a good job of dropping, recovering, and hoping that LeBron would eventually go cold from three. And in the second half, I think Jokic said it. Let me just double check. If LeBron was 11 for 13 in the first half, I don't know if that's fully accurate. That would mean that he was four for 12 in the second half. So you'll take that all day if you're the Denver Nuggets. They wanted to make sure you know law of averages. Keep letting him shoot those threes in the pick and pop. They're fine with that. But again, AD wasn't getting going. You can say all this stuff about LeBron, 38 years old. You need your best player to get going more. I want to make this very clear. I am not ex- make this is the difference, and people are going to get mad at me for it, but I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. As I said, LeBron fans are excuse makers. He didn't do enough because you have to close. That's part of the job. It doesn't matter what stats you put up. You have to close. It's a matter of winning. I'm not saying that, that, am I saying that he played badly? No, of course not. He didn't play bad. He played great. But you got to win. Anthony Davis, though, is the biggest at, person at fault. But also, it's not all about what the Lakers are at fault. They're playing a better team. That Yeah, just a better team. Point blank, period. Point blank, period. But anyway, let's keep on going, right? Anthony Davis's defense, I thought it was good in the third quarter, though. That's one thing I'm not going to knock. His defense, his rim protection, it, he doesn't make life easy. Now, people are going to criticize him and say he was ducking smoke with Jokic. At the end of game one, when Rui Hachimura was guarding Jokic and you saw AD play good defense help side, everyone was saying that the Lakers had figured something out. Now, obviously, they look like kind of clownish. But the thing is, what we did figure out was that worked better. That worked better. It kept AD out of foul trouble. The moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, is that nobody in the NBA can guard Nikola Jokic one-on-one. Nobody can guard Nikola Jokic one-on-one. He is a skilled big man that actually plays back-to-basket, and he's, you know, the passing and all that, but I'm just talking about one-on-one. Let's just talk the bag for a second. When Jokic wants to score, he he catches the ball foul line and in. 
He really does. Occasionally, you have like the fake dribble handoff, then he'll go behind the back and go downhill. But when he wants to score, he gets the ball in the block. Not even the block. He understands the spacing in this era is ridiculous. He starts sitting right outside the restricted area in the middle of paint calling for the ball. He did that tonight against Rui. I mean, the guy is smart. He makes the game easy for himself, but he does it with physicality. I mean, he's strong, man. He is really strong. A couple times, these dudes are really grabbing him from behind, and he's still scoring in a variety of ways. I remember turn around over the right shoulder, jump hook, good footwork. I mean, the threes he was making, best player in the world, man. But in transition, I don't even think the transition defense was as horrendous, but the, the rebounding in transition, and part of it's tough because when Jokic grabs the ball, it's that magic Russ effect, gets the ball, and he'll start pushing the break. Now you got numbers right off the bat. But AD and Rui and LeBron, especially AD and Rui in that third quarter, their second effort on the glass to begin that third quarter was pitiful. Pitiful. Aaron Gordon, Jokic, these guys were crashing the offensive glass, getting a bunch of second chance points. It was not good enough. And KCP got an and one to give the Nuggets the lead in that third quarter after trailing by 15. AD was missing everything. LeBron was not aggressive. He looked cooked, but I did tweet this. I said maybe he has a second gear left in him, knowing LeBron, and maybe that's why he's not being aggressive in the third. He wants to wait till the fourth. But again, why aren't you posting up? Like in the first half, we saw such a good array of things. Posts up. Put Michael Porter Jr. and got him switched onto him, right to the rim, and won. Snake in the pick and roll, pump fake, pump fake again, mid-range. We saw much better, you know, diverse scoring arsenal from LeBron in the first half. And I just thought that, you know, no post-up. And Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson were rightfully calling it out. I saw somebody tweet and got a lot of likes saying they're so harsh on LeBron, this and that. He's playing great. He was playing great. But they're valid in what they're saying. Every time we've seen LeBron post up in this series, it seems like it's gotten good stuff. And he went away from that as much in the second half. There's no denying it. Could have put Murray and the Jokic in the action every time. He didn't. And you know why he didn't? Because he was tired. He's 38. He went hard. He went hard. So no matter which way you want to slice it, maybe he exerted his energy in a wrong way. You know what I'm saying? You got to be strategic with the way you do that shit, man. I don't, but here's the thing, though. I'm not going to say he quit or didn't. Like, you know, he tried. Like, that's what I'm, I'm never going to say he didn't try. I don't, think, I don't think the Lakers quit or didn't try. I think everyone tried. But the Nuggets are a great team, man. And Jokic was just cooking in the post all night long. The cheap fouls by Rui. He did not have a good second half. He was really good, to my, in my opinion, in the first half. Dennis Schroeder, the same. Second half, Rui Hachimura, not so good. Jokic had 13 points and 10 rebounds in the third quarter alone. And Jokic also has now the most triple doubles in a single postseason in NBA history, passing the great Wilt Chamberlain in 1967, one of the greatest individual seasons ever. Maybe the greatest individual season ever. And here's the thing about that season. We didn't have block numbers. I can guarantee you there were some 10 block games in there with the amount of possessions in the 60s. I can promise it. So I don't even know if that statistic is 100%, but in recorded statistics, Jokic has the most triple doubles of any playoff run. So credit to him. What a special player. What an amazing stat to have. He averaged a triple-double in the series. I mean, the guy is just ridiculous. And he can't even jump over a phone book. Nuggets outscored the Lakers 36-16 to in the third quarter to take a five-point lead going into the fourth. And now you knew it was danger time for the Lakers. You needed a response from Anthony Davis. And let me tell you something. You got it.
10 points in the fourth quarter. It started with a mid-range, but before Anthony Davis got back going, Tristan Thompson again. By the way, Jokic went the whole second half, so I got to give him credit. He knew the assignment. He knew don't even give them any life. Let's end it tonight. Get an extra rest for the finals. Tristan Thompson, really good defense though in the beginning of the quarter. At the rim, staying strong. I remember there was one. I don't remember remember who it was against, but he stayed strong, didn't foul, really good D. Had a nice roll to the basket where LeBron found him on a pick and roll for a dunk. D'Lo had a mid-range and tied the game at 94. So just like that, the Lakers restored order. And as I said, D'Lo only played 15 minutes in this game, but I don't think he was bad at all when he played. So... The Lakers got right back in it. They got the momentum back. And this is where I thought, I think the Lakers may do this. AD came back in the game and started guarding Jokic for a bit. But the Nuggets, again, tried to get him in the pick and roll and tried to pull him out of the paint. And Murray, I mean, whether it's Murray or Jokic, one of them still gets decent looks. Because Murray wasn't as aggressive in this game. But I'll tell you what, he can still kind of get whatever shot he wants in that pick and roll. Because the Laker bigs or whoever's getting put in the pick and roll, If they're not switching, they're staying attached to Jokic. So they're just trying their best to maybe just show for a second, get right back to Jokic, and then give the guy at the point of attack enough time to get back around. And they've done a pretty good job of that, but Murray has just countered every single, you know, and any anything basically coming off those screens. I mean, he's just been amazing. Let me see how many shots Murray took tonight. 18. So nothing crazy. Only two more shots than MPJ and only four more shots than Aaron Gordon. Every single Nuggets starter took 10-plus shots today. Same with the Lakers. So today was a starters game, both sides. Basically, AD, Hachimura, LeBron, Schroeder, and Reeves versus Gordon, Porter, Jokic, Murray, and KCP. 20 minutes, though, for Bruce Brown. That was more minutes than any bench player for either side. But as I said, the Nuggets started getting some pretty good looks in the pick and roll early in the quarter. And again, LeBron, to me, just not going to the post enough offensively. And AD wasn't really, I wouldn't say he was getting as many one-on-one looks, but he was starting to score in that role, starting to get fouled. And one thing I got to give Anthony Davis credit, he was really making his free throws, man. Really making his free throws. But then LeBron switched on to Jokic. And so when they were putting him, putting him in the pick and roll. He could also switch on to Murray. And he had a couple really solid defensive possessions. So LeBron in this game thought his defense was really great. And I thought in these playoffs overall, for what we've seen from him in the last two years, his defense was really great. And it's all effort. We know he's got it in him. But as the great Willis Reed said, defense is really 90% effort. And when LeBron's locked in, I think he makes the Lakers such a better team. Even if he doesn't have the gas to close at the end, he really does make them such a better team when he defends like that. So I give him props. He was guarding everybody. You know, he was guarding everybody. But I don't really think that the defense was the biggest issue for the Lakers. I really think it was the offense. And when they don't score offensively, that leads into transition offense for the Denver Nuggets, who, I mean, like the the Lakers only allowed 19 points in the fourth. 19. So, like, they did what they needed to do to keep themselves in the game. But AD got going with a mid-range, and then Braun drew two charges on Jokic, the fourth and fifth fouls, huge defensive plays. And AD made a push shot from a Braun pocket pass and then a put-back dunk on a LeBron post-up versus Murray. So again, when LeBron went to that post, good stuff happened, tied the game yet again, and you started to see that LeBron was going to attack Murray late. He got a couple of buckets right in the paint, two feet in the paint. When he did that, LeBron... Like late in that first, uh, I'm sorry, that third quarter, he had six points after being pretty quiet the whole quarter, getting in the paint against Murray or a smaller defender, two feet in the paint in the post, and scoring. 
So again, the only thing I can think of is that either he doesn't want to post up or he's too tired. Whichever it is, it is what it is, right? But LeBron started to attack Murray late, and they tried to attack Jokic late with the five fouls. There was one time LeBron attacked him, turned the corner on him, got right to the rim in that fourth quarter. But Jokic offensively, this is where he wouldn't be denied, and it was just insane. He hit this one three with AD draped all over him off one leg. It was some Dirk Nowitzki shit, but honestly, it was some Jokic shit. He's, he's created his own unique style. And when he wins this championship, he's going to be a guy that we look at like Dirk, like those guys. He's going to have an argument for top seven center of all time to me if he gets this ring. He might be the seventh or sixth best. Top five, is not. he's not touching that yet. But Moses Malone, that's a tough one. He, was the, he won a ring as the best player too. Jokic, you can say he carried, he didn't have Dr. J. I mean, Jamal Murray's great, but he ain't Dr. J. But again, I'm not going to... We're not doing the all-time shit. Let's just talk about Jokic in the moment, who made an insane three. Insane. But Reeves answered with a three from LeBron. Again, so Jokic started switching on to LeBron again, as we saw a little bit late. They were conceding that. And listen, LeBron got a good look there. But then, Jokic, actually, I'm going to wait for it. Jokic on the other end got Dennis on a switch. And as the switch was happening... He dimed Aaron Gordon. It was so, I mean, Jokic was kind of dictating at the end, similar to LeBron, calling out what he wanted, who would set a screen for who. It was amazing. Jokic, I mean, one of the highest basketball IQs I've ever seen, genuinely, ever seen. And the Jokic go-ahead bucket when it was a tie game with a minute left, got past AD, saw Dennis Schroeder there like he wasn't even there, and laid it in to give them the lead. Ended up being the game winner. And then we get to where I have my issue. LeBron got Jokic on a switch. He got Jokic on a switch. He backed it out all the way. So first of all, I am always, if you listen to my show, I am always a proponent of, if you get a mismatch, attack that shit quick before the double comes. Attack that shit quick. Maybe take a second or two. And if the double comes, okay, the double comes, they load up, you make a play. But when you get a matchup like that, you got to go, especially when he's got six fouls and especially when you're LeBron and you're, you've been abusing him all night. Backs it out. Now Michael Porter Jr. comes. Now the whole defense is loaded up. The only guy I remember that hit a big three late in that game was Austin Reeves. Dennis Schroeder, let's see how many threes he made. He was three for three. Ugh. He was three for three in the first half from deep. Let's see if he made any more threes the rest of the game. I think he made one more. And it wasn't in the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. No, he didn't. He was, yeah, just three threes. All of them in the first half. Rui Hachimura, 0 for 3 from deep. So Austin Reeves was the only guy besides Schroeder and LeBron to hit a three tonight. The Lakers only shot 20 threes. They were 8 for 20. 40%. That was good. Nuggets shot 13 more threes and made four of them. He shot 36.4%. So the Lakers actually shot better from three. But, yeah, so LeBron has Jokic on him. And he, he waits. The whole defense loads up. And now he throws the ball. They try to swing it to corner Reeves, and it's tipped out of bounds. The Nuggets defense wants him to give up the ball. They're not rot- They're not helping that far off. He still could have attacked. That's, what, that's my biggest issue. One of my biggest issues with LeBron late in games his entire career 
He wants to get a screen, and when sometimes even when he gets the matchup, usually back in the day, though, when he gets the mismatch, he would go. He was maybe just too gassed, but he waits so long. The defense loads up, and then everyone's like, he made the right play. He made, no, he didn't make the right play. You keep the ball in your hands. You're the closer, man. Like, I, when Kobe didn't close games, we blamed him. We blamed him. Why do we make so many excuses for this guy? I don't understand. Look, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. AD should have played better. I don't want to blame LeBron first and foremost. I really don't. But LeBron is the closer. And he worked so hard. That's why I'm not going to be so harsh on him. Like, he worked so hard. But you let the defense load up on you, bro. And then you five seconds on the clock and you hit the side of the backboard. I'm not even going to blame. Like, those kind of shots, like... LeBron, when he's really hot, like, he'll make those turnarounds. And, like, when he's in rhythm, he'll back someone down. The whole side is cleared for him. But five seconds left, Aaron Gordon, you shoot a turnaround over the right shoulder with him draped all over you in the corner, hit the side of the backboard. Like, that's a hard shot. That's a hard shot. And also, I want to give a shout-out to Jeff Green. I always say this because I I say this about LeBron because, again, he was my favorite player. Like, I know his game better than any player that's ever played for me. I really do. I'd say Chris Paul and Kobe next. But even with Kobe, I was too young for the Shaq days, so I don't know him like I know LeBron. LeBron does not like turning over his left shoulder to shoot. He'll turn over the left shoulder to go baseline and hit the reverse of the dunk, but he'll never turn over his left shoulder to shoot. He will turn over the right shoulder. He's gotten that in his game the last, like, seven years, eight years. But Jeff Green knew that, and he was hugging that right shoulder. And I thought that was really smart of him. And a couple of times got him to, you know, not score. But yeah, that last sequence was bad. And the crazy part is the Lakers still got a chance. They got the stop. And I thought LeBron was going to hit the game winner. And he drove to the basket, passed Gordon, looked like he turned the corner. And what a defensive play. The defensive play of Jamal Murray's life. Life with the block. And it was clean. And I knew LeBron for a second held his wrist. And it was like, 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 like foul, you know, making the motion a foul. But then after I saw him not complain after like a half a second, I knew that it wasn't a foul. Because if LeBron, it was a real foul and it was for, the, for his season, he would have thrown a fit. And rightfully so. But he knew it wasn't. It was a clean, like he could have been a jump ball type. And he got the block. And now some people are saying AD was open. He should have made the right play. See, I'm not hypocritical. I just said he shouldn't have passed. So I'm not going to give, I can't have it both ways. I want LeBron to shoot. He went to the double. He got blocked. It is what it is. Game over. That's fine. I don't give a shit about that. He's the LeBron. He has earned the right with the way he played to take that last shot. He has earned the right with the way he played to take that last shot. I am not going to criticize him for that play at all. My criticism is that he got Jokic on him and he fucking backed it all the way out. He's going to run full speed. and gave the defense time to load up. Then he passed the ball with five on the shot clock to these dudes. Like, bro, that's tough for the, to put him in. That's a selfish decision to me. Or, you know, you've got to take the bullet there, bro. I think mean, he was hoping maybe they'd swing it and get Reeves the ball in the corner. But, like, you know how, bro, it's, you, you got Jokic on you. Like, with five fouls. Like, imagine if he got him fouled out and it goes to overtime. Like, he would have... It would have been over, but the, the credit has to go to Jokic, to Murray, to the entire Denver Nuggets. I mean, let's talk about them real quick. They went at 113 to 111, make it to the finals for the first time. Uh, they shot 48% from the field and 36.4% from three. They, as I said, they lost the points in the paint battle. They shot really well from the foul line, though. 19 for 22 for them, 86%. For the Lakers, 23 for 26 from the line, 88.5%. Um, 
that's really good. Lakers foul shooting in this playoffs for how poor they were throughout the season in that department is, is very impressive to me, especially LeBron and AD. I'll give them props there. They definitely shot well from the line, it seemed like, this playoffs, even though I don't have the numbers in front of me. But 11 offensive rebounds to 8 for the Denver Nuggets. They won the rebounding battle by just 2, so pretty narrow in that respect. 25 assists to 20 for the Lakers, so 5 more assists for Denver. And 11 turnovers for Denver, only 6 for the Lakers. So there you go there. And the Lakers actually had 2 more fast break points than the Nuggets, 11 to 9. So Denver... Let's read the box score for the individual players. They only played a seven-man rotation, so they they cut it. No Christian Brown tonight. Jeff Green, 10 minutes, didn't get a shot up. Um, he had two points, and he was a minus 12. I think it's just tough because he plays a lot of those non-Jokic minutes. Bruce Brown, it was a little bit more of a quiet game for him. He only played 20 minutes, but I think he's just so great. What a series he had and what a season he's had. What he does for this team is so invaluable. Uh, Transition-wise, defensively, screen setting, off-ball moving. He knocks down the open three. He has that push shot in the, in the in-between game. What a great role player, and he deserves every bit of this Western Conference title that he has helped earn. Six points for him on two for three shooting in 20 minutes. How about the starters? For the second time in four years, Contavious Caldwell-Pope will be the starting shooting guard on the finals team on the Western Conference champion, defeating his former team, and what a series he had. Three for seven from deep, four for ten from the field, 13 points, five. All the Nugget starters were in double figures, and KCP defensively, you know what he's going to do out there. What a series, what a season it has been for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I mean, I have nothing but praise for him. 13 points on 4-for-10 shooting and 3-for-7 from deep. Michael Porter Jr., a guy that when he's not hitting shots, I had the criticism of him in 2021, when he's not hitting shots, how's he contributing? He has totally turned the page on that. He was locked in defensively all series. And look, he might not be the best laterally. He might not be the best at like knowing angles. He doesn't have that defensive skill per se. But he understands the scheme of what the team wants. He's been good rotating. And when he's locked in and his effort is high, hey, man, it's hard to be terrible at defense when you're 6'10 and a good athlete. I can tell you that. And locked in and trying. And that's exactly what he's been for this team. 15 points, 10 rebounds. He did not shoot well tonight. 5 for 16 from the field and 30% from 3, 3 for 10. But I'll tell you what, he still finds a way to hit timely shots. And I said in my preview with Raj and Swipa, shout out to Swipa, by the way. First time him, he's older than me, seeing his team make it to the conference, um, to the finals for the first time. I'm going to give the Nuggets their flowers in a second, but this is just the individual thing. The storylines, we'll talk about the Lakers first, and then we'll finish with Denver. This is probably going to be an hour episode. It's the last Laker episode of the season, so for my Laker fans that may not listen to me for the rest of the finals, um, I want to give you guys what you deserve. But, hey, actually, look, I actually have to interrupt the live for this comment because it's very, very nice, and I really like this. As a Nuggets fan, I've tuned into some Locked On Clippers throughout the year. Respect your podcast and respect towards the game. Keep up the good work, man. I really appreciate that, man. Congratulations to you. Um, I, I'm so happy for the Denver fan base. Um, and as a Clipper fan that, you know, has never seen a ring, never even seen my team make the finals, we lost some company tonight. But again, I don't want to get too far into the Nuggets yet, but... Hey, man, you want to see me talk about your Denver Nuggets, you come to Dime Dropper. I appreciate that you found me from Lockdown Clippers, but you want to listen to me talk about Denver, come to Dime Dropper. But 
How about MPJ? Just the way he's able to help this team, even when he's not making shots. And he, I talked about in the preview with Swipe and Raj, the back-breaking threes that he makes. This was maybe, the well, definitely the best offensive game of the series, but maybe the best game of the series for Aaron Gordon. What a performance by him. He got into it with LeBron a little bit at one point. Double technicals were assessed. But, man, for him to have 22 points, 9 for 14 from the field, and shoot 60% from 3, 3 of 5, that made it a little bit tougher for Anthony Davis to fully commit to that roaming around the paint. AG was not just a guy you could leave open tonight. And the Lakers still left him open, but, man, he shot the ball with confidence, and that was a huge difference. And to have that game going into the finals, it may be huge for Denver to become even more unguardable than they already are as a team. 22 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, and 0 turnovers on 9 for 14 shooting and 3 of 5 from deep in 41 minutes. I got to give such flowers to Aaron Gordon. You know, he might not have been the fourth overall pick, like, star that he was expected to be out of Arizona. But the kind of like Andrew Wiggins, the way he has reinvented himself into being that guy that guards the best player on the other team and just does what's needed to win, a guy that moves without the ball, gets offensive rebounds, and just does his role. I mean, he's excelling, and it's... You know, sometimes it takes time to find out what you're going to be in this league, and this is who he is. And, man, any team would be lucky to have him the way he's bought into this. And listen, actually, you know what? We're almost at him, so we'll wait. We'll wait to give him the praise. Jamal Murray. What more can you say about this guy? Built for the occasion, a star. And in this series, he played like a superstar. You can make the argument he was the second best player in the series. You can make the argument. I'm not going to sit here and make it because I don't got time for that. Still got to record Locked On Clippers tonight, ladies and gents. Can you believe that? Jamal Murray, 25 points, and it was a quiet 25, at least for me. Five assists, two steals, and a block. We all know what that was. 10 for 18 from the field, and he didn't make a three. 0 for 4 from deep, and that's the beauty of Jamal Murray. He is so good inside the arc, the in-between game, the ability to post up, his tough shot-making ability. So good, and going both ways. What a beast. 43 minutes. And then the man, the myth, the legend, the Joker, the best player in basketball, the Serbian sensation, the best in the nation, the best on the planet. 30, 14, and 13. That's 14 rebounds, 13 dimes. How about a steal and three blocks to go along with it? 11 for 24 from the field. Three for six from deep in 45 minutes. He played the whole second half. He had the go-ahead bucket, which ended up being the game-winning bucket to seal the championship appearance for the Nuggets. What a performance by the Joker. And now very quickly to the Lakers. The eight-man rotation, Tristan Thompson, 10 minutes, four points and a rebound uh, on two-for-four shooting. I thought he played really well in his minutes. Lonnie Walker, quiet game for him, just seven minutes, one for two from the field in two points. No comment, really. D'Angelo Russell played best game of the series for him. He was a plus six, four points, two rebounds, two assists in 15 minutes. Let me know if you guys think he should have played more. I have no problem with it. Then the starters, who all played 38-plus minutes. Let's start with Dennis Schroeder. I actually thought he played well. He wasn't extremely efficient, but he played well. 13 points, 2 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Played really tough defense. 5 for 13 from the field. 3 for 6 from deep. But as I said, he cooled down in the second half in 38 minutes of play. Um, Overall, in terms of Dennis Schroeder, 
Actually, you know what? I'll talk about the individuals in a second. How about Rui Hachimura? This was definitely his worst game of the series. And one thing I've noticed about Rui is his legs have seemed to go in the second half of these games. It hasn't felt like he's made big shots in the fourth quarters. But I could be wrong. I could be forgetting some. But it just it felt like he missed. I wonder what his fourth quarter field goal percentage was in this series. Because it felt like he ran out of gas a lot. And you know what else is going to do that to you? Guarding Joker. Joker. That's a mi- mixture of Joker and Jokic. Joker. Or as, let's just call him, as Murray calls him, Yoke. So Egg Yolk, you know, when you guard Egg Yolk, I mean, it's going to be tough. So Rui, 10.7 rebounds, 25% shooting tonight, 3 for 12, and 0 for 3 from deep. That was tough. What a series he had, though, and what a playoffs he had for Rui. And I think Laker fans would absolutely want to have him back. And then Austin Reeves. They feel like he didn't have one bad game in the entire series. I, I thought he was amazing in his first playoffs. 17 points, 2 rebounds, 3 dimes, 6 for 11 from the field, and 1 for 2 from 3. I thought Reeves maybe should have gotten a little bit more pick-and-roll looks in the second half. And then AD. He had 10 points in the fourth, 10 of his 21, but he definitely needed to have more than 11 points going into the fourth. 21 points, 14 rebounds, a steal, and three blocks. So again, defensively, he's still a presence. He shot just 40%, though, from the field. Six for 15, nine for 10 from the line, though, which is great. And then LeBron goes down, has played the full 48 minutes, 40 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists, Two steals and only one turnover on 60% shooting. 15 for 25, 4 for 7 from 3, and 6 for 7 from the line. What a performance by the Kang. But let's talk about it, right? So for the Lakers, guys, look. I think there's a right to be disappointed if you're a Laker fan that you got swept. Not that you lost. I think the end of the road was here. The Nuggets were clearly a better team. They've been the better team all year. To expect the Lakers to win three series on the road with a team that's built off of a a, a player that's in his prime, in my opinion, but a very injury-prone player, Anthony Davis, who I'm just surprised that, you know, he had some nicks and bumps and, you know, had like a mild concussion or something. I think he had a concussion, right, in the playoffs and, he played through it all, and he didn't miss a game. And you got to give that to him. And he had a really good playoffs overall. It was just probably his second-best playoff run after the bubble. Although I would argue 20 – actually, I don't know about that. 2018 was second. He was ridiculous that year. He was legitimately like a top-five player on, on offense he was killing. So his mid-range – That's I'm, I'm going to get into it in more depth. But Anthony Davis – where was the fuck was I going with that? I don't even remember at this point. But the Lakers, look, you would, I'd say, yeah, you'd be disappointed that you got swept. Um, but overall, you know, to, oh, this is the point I was trying to make. The point I was trying to make was Anthony Davis is your best player. He's injury prone. He's the older side of whatever he is. And then LeBron James, who you're still expecting to do all the things that he does on the court, is 38 years old. And then D'Angelo Russell, your third best player, he's never been in the conference finals. Jokic is the best player in the series. Jamal Murray ended up being arguably the second best player in the series, which if you had told me that before the series, it's like, okay, of course the Nuggets are going to win. And then D'Lo was terrible. So all in all, the reason the Nuggets won this series so easily was because they had the best player in the series, one, and they closed. Every game was close. The Lakers made it close in game one. Game two, the Lakers should have won. 
If that game had been won, a lot of things would have changed. Game three, the Lakers could have won. They could have won tonight. They didn't close. LeBron did not close in any of the games. He shot way too many threes in, a, in all three of the first ones. Tonight, just ran out of gas. Anthony Davis, games two and four. He was good in game one scoring. Game three, I thought he was pretty good. And then he didn't get the ball at the end. Like, that's on him, though, too. Like, what we've learned, in my opinion. And then D'Angelo Russell. If you want to talk about individual performances not being good enough, he was the number one culprit. I mean, this was... It was his first time in the playoffs. I mean, in the conference finals, I get it. And there is there are levels to this shit. But he like has put his future with the team in jeopardy with the, how poorly he played. Now, overall, the role players, like Jared Vanderbilt, clearly the level was too high for him. He couldn't stay on the floor. So he needs to get in the gym and work on his three ball. Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, though, you cannot say anything about them. Okay, Rui was 3 for 12 tonight. The series was over before tonight. Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves were awesome in this series they did their part you can't say and I think honestly Dennis Schroeder he wasn't great but he did what you expect from him LeBron and AD needed to close and they didn't in any game they weren't good enough in this series no matter what you want to say and you know what LeBron's numbers because of tonight are probably going to average out and look good so everyone's going to make the excuse for him no he was not good enough to win the series if you were giving him a chance before the series he was not good enough I was giving them a chance AD not good enough Let's talk about this, right? Before let's get, I'm gonna get into the positive for the Lakers in a sec. But let's just say this: the Cinderella run was over. I mean, Denver, as I said, is just a better team. It's funny to me how these guys, some Laker fans, not the ones I follow, but some Laker fans are like, "We found him out uh, after Game One. I'm not worried about this series at all. Like, we found the adjustment. The, the <laughs> Rui Hachimura guarding AD. I mean, I'm sorry, guarding Jokic and AD and roaming off Gordon. Like, there it is. Checkmate. Like, it was just ridiculous arrogance, in my opinion, and just stupidity and an underestimation of Denver's coaching staff and their players and what they've seen in this league. Like, acting like the Lakers are – that's some groundbreaking thing to have your best defender and rim protector roaming and having another big body take Jokic. But, hey, man, it is what it is. They got swept. And anytime you get swept – and you have a chance to win the series, or people are picking you to win the series, it's embarrassing. Get a game. As my friend Will said, get a game. I'm, I'm big on that. I'm big on not getting swept. You better show some pride. The Lakers absolutely show some pride, but win one game. When Allen Iverson did it against a way better team. Jerry West did it without Elgin Baylor. Get a game. I always think it's embarrassing when a team gets swept, or a player of that caliber, LeBron James caliber, gets swept. Gotta get a game. So... I don't know, man. It was It's a bad look, in my opinion. But for the Lakers to lose in the conference finals, I mean, look, this was a great overall season for the Lakers, all in all, in all considering what it started as. I mean, they were 2-10. They were the 13th seed. A couple of huge trades by Rob Palenka. Give so much credit to Rob Palenka. He turned this whole team around. The whole cloud with Russell Westbrook was removed. The dark cloud, I should say. You bring in Vanderbilt, Beasley, and... Vanderbilt, Beasley, and D'Lo, who, I mean, they were great in the regular season. D'Lo was, Vando was decent in the first round. Last series wasn't really for him, but D'Lo was so great in the first two rounds. He had, you know, this kind of redemption arc, getting traded after, you know, the locker room incident with Nick Young, only playing two years here, and he was the second pick, the highest pick since Worthy for the Lakers, and to get this back and to play in front of a Laker playoff crowd, and I think... You know, we talk about that. And obviously the trade for Rui Hachimura. And you talk about playing in front of a Laker crowd. 
you didn't ever see LeBron and AD until this year play in front of a sold-out Laker crowd. They didn't have really signature Laker moments outside of the bubble. And these were signature Laker moments in front of the crowd, in front beating Memphis, beating Golden State, beating the one team since the Clippers in the 2014 to beat the Warriors in a best-of-seven in the Steve Kerr era. The only team, actually, in the West to beat Steve Kerr. Yeah, the only Western Conference team to beat Steve Kerr in a best-of-seven as the coach of the Warriors. So there's so much to be proud of for this Laker team. So much. Um, I think... It was it was a it was a great run for them, and I, I enjoyed it. You know, just as making content on them because, as everybody knows, the Lakers do better. My views get better. It is that's the this you know the the hard part tonight is now my I'm not I'm probably not going to get a thousand views on these videos for the remainder of the season on these lives because the Laker fans when they were winning they were giving me my thousands. But let me just say this: as far as individually, Lonnie Walker, I thought I mean overall. It took him a while to get in the rotation in the playoffs, but that game four against Golden State, that's enough for him to say for uh, them to say good playoffs, bring him back. I would think um, Jared Vanderbilt, he's going to. I think he may have a player team option. I would absolutely bring him back. Absolutely, he's got to get in the gym and work on his threes, but he's young and he defends, and you need that in the regular season and and at times in the playoffs as well. As far as Malik Beasley. You know what? Let me pull up the Lakers contract situation right now since so we're getting into all this. Lakers payroll. Okay. It'd be nice to see Max Christie get some more minutes next year. I actually think he's a player. Um, but Troy Brown is a free agent. Honestly, I wouldn't bring him back. I just don't think he's good enough to get in a rotation on a championship team. And that's what the Lakers get. The only step up is to get to the finals next year, right? LeBron's only getting older. He's going to be in year 21. My God. Dennis Schroeder's a free agent. I would bring him back as the backup point guard. I really would. On one, like that contract is nothing. You might have to pay him a little more, but I think he'd come back on like f- you know five or six million a year. He's only twenty nine. I would absolutely bring Dennis back, and I think they will. Rui got. They have a team. Oh no, yeah, he's a free agent. They got to try to bring him back, but he's gonna want some money. And then Austin Reeves is the big one that he's gonna want money. But is he an unrestricted free agent? No, he's a restricted free agent. So I think the Lakers can. Uh, yeah, the Lakers have to match whatever, and they will. He's gonna get someone's gonna offer him a bag, and they should. They got to bring Reeves back. I think you bring Schroeder back, you bring Rui back, you bring Vando back, you bring Reeves back. Here's my thing: the big question is D'Angelo Russell and the Kyrie Irving conversation. By the way, the Lakers have a team option: Malik Beasley, sixteen million a year next year. Fuck no, totally opting out of that. Um, if the Lakers can get one more wing that can guard and, and hit the three ball, that'd be fantastic. I don't think those guys grow on trees so it's gonna be hard to do that but this is the big thing with the lakers right anthony davis cannot be relied on to me to be the number one scoring option on a championship team because he's his in-between game his mid-range is so inconsistent one game he's making it and overall in this playoffs it was decent but in this play in this series it regressed to the mean and when he's off in that in-between game it's very hard unless you get very deep post position a lot to just dominate in the paint like that, even in today's NBA where there's more space. You have to have some semblance of an in-between game. you got to be a bruiser or something to get right in the paint. He And his in-between game is too inconsistent. And, yeah, the three-ball game is completely dissipated. Like, in the bubble, that was an out-of-body experience, the three-ball. So that's my thing. His motor, people have questioned his motor, right? And I think that those are valid criticisms, which AD you're going to get. But in these playoffs, I don't think his motor was the issue. But he also doesn't have the, I'm going to take over this game offensively thing. He takes over with his defense first. 
And I think, you know, with this LeBron, you need a guy that's going to be better. Now, here's the thing. Kyrie Irving would be better than D'Lo, but are you gutting the depth? Are you losing Reeves and Schroeder and Rui? Like, that's a problem. And here's the thing about D'Lo, right? He's going to want a lot. Overall, besides this series, he was still great in his role. And the thing is, he's only in his late 20s. This was his first taste of conference finals basketball. It's not guaranteed that he's going to always be bad at this level. It's not. And Austin Reeves is only getting better. You need to have him around. Because his development may just be enough. But I don't... Like, my whole thing was when everybody was blaming Russ only. I was saying to myself, or I was saying to everybody, I don't know if... LeBron and AD, just with just those two and a great supporting cast, can win a championship anymore like they did in 2020. LeBron is older. AD, I don't trust him as the number one guy. And I was proven right. And by the way, D'Angelo Russell looked like a third star on some nights, but the best, the third best player in the playoffs for the Lakers was Austin Reeves. There's no doubt. He passed every test with flying colors. But D'Lo, before this series, I mean, he had a shitty series, but he had a good playoffs before this. Albeit, his problem is he's inconsistent because he lives off jump shots. Um, but it's really about his confidence. And defensively, he didn't have a good series against Denver, but he was decent all the way up until the Denver series. But I don't know. I don't know about Kyrie Irving, man. It doesn't seem like he's had the best touch on organizations wherever he's gone recently. But I don't know if LeBron and AD plus a supporting cast without a third star can win. I really don't because of AD mainly. And you ask LeBron to close, like when he plays hard defense, this is what happens. So – on AD, I've already said my piece. You know, he disappointed in this series. But he's still the best defender in the league to me. On LeBron, look, man, I'm not going to slander the guy. He didn't have a very good series. He had a great playoffs, though. He played hard defense. My thing is LeBron fans or LeBron sexuals, I fucking hate them. They're a disgrace to basketball. All they do is shit on every great player. Michael Jordan, this and that. One and nine without, what is it? One and nine without Pippen. Kobe. Kobe's not better than LeBron. No chance. Inefficient shot chucker. Bill Russell and Wilt played against plumbers. Magic, you know, he played with this and that. Talking about he played with this and that with who LeBron's played with. Larry Bird's an athletic, unathletic white fuck. Oh, yeah? Who's the best player in the league right now? And Larry's much more athletic than Jokic. So that, that's the, the, why I had so much fun with this. Because LeBron fans are terrible. And they make every excuse under the sun for this guy. So I'm very satisfied that he now has more sweeps in the playoffs than MJ and Magic and Bird and Wilt and Russell. He had, but it's funny. I'll give you a fun fact, though. He has the same amount of sweeps as Kareem and Kobe. And they, all play, they each play 20 years. So I think that's kind of interesting. If you want to talk about the goats that got swept, Shaq. Oh, my God. Take a look at how many times he got swept. Fuck. Embarrassing. But, again, I'm not saying just because someone got swept less, they're better. I'm not that narrow-minded. But it's just, um, it's funny to me. It is funny. Third time he got swept. And this was the first time where I thought he actually had a chance to win the series. I didn't pick him to win in 07. And I didn't pick him to win in 2018 at all. This one, he actually had a chance to me. And all the games were close. This was a great series, by the way. I love that every game was close. But no excuses, bruh. 20 years in, not as many rings as uh, some other guys. And he's had some teams. Did I expect them to win a ring this year? No. I'm not holding it against them they didn't win a ring this year. Or they didn't win this series. But, again, I like to have some fun because they're inconsistent. They're The fans are hilarious. So when you diss the history of the game, it's like you're disrespecting me because I love the game. So that's why I hate LeBron fans. And I can't wait till they're gone. But it's going to suck because LeBron's going to be gone. He's a great. Give me a break. Still the greatest of all time. Don't even get me started with that shit. I'm not even going to go into that. Um, he's still goaded, though. I'm not going to blame. If you think he's the best, fine. I just disagree 
adamantly. Um, but let's talk about the Denver Nuggets, right? It's still a great season for the Lakers. Listen, this is not my criteria, right? Let me just say this. Look at the standards you hold from in year 20. Look, I agree that he's at the highest standards in year 20. He's the best player at this age. That doesn't make you the GOAT. That doesn't make you the fucking GOAT, bro. He's the longevity GOAT. That's undeniable. But he's all, like, how can you compare longevity to guys like Wilt Chamberlain? Who played with that era where you're right, literally writing commercial. Imagine Wilt writing commercial with his legs. Bro, come on. Are you being serious? That, that's fair? A fair comparison? 60 years difference? I'm not holding it against LeBron, but you got to be honest about what's fair in context. But let's talk about the Nuggets, right? Lakers season, by the way. So Lakers season, it was still a success. Run it back. See what happens next season. I'm not going to talk about free agency all that tonight. We're already on for an hour. But for the Nuggets, man, what a story. The team that took the regular season the most serious in the West. The team that, you know, they've had good luck with injuries. You need luck to win championships. But ultimately, every championship team starts with the number one. And they have the number one. Number one player in the league. All them dumbasses that said, Jokic hasn't done shit in the playoffs. He lost in the first and second round the last two years. He had no co-star. He's not winning a chip without a co-star. Nobody is. Hakeem 94, Dirk 2011, that shit is rare. That shit is rare. That is not a blueprint on how to win championships. He needed a co-star, and he got it back, and look what happened the first year they got together again. It, it, look, look at this. What an amazing team. The best Denver Nuggets team in history. Making history for Alex English, Dan Issel, David Thompson, Fat Lever, Carmelo, who retired today. Oh, my God. Salute to him. What a legend. Who lost in 09 to Kobe and crew. Chauncey Billups, 08, they got swept by the Lakers. They conquered every single Laker demon. 2020 bubble, they conquered all the Laker demons and beat them to get to their first finals. Is there anything more poetic for the Nuggets fans than this? If you're a Denver fan, I am so happy for you. As I said earlier, the Clippers lost some company tonight in the no finals crew, but hey man, these moments like these, I get a little emotional because... I just really hope we're the next team that does it. It's not going to be with Kawhi and Paul George, I don't think, but I really hope that we're the next team that does it. But shout out to the Denver Nuggets, man. I'm not, I've, last year and this year, the only two years, like, actually, I don't know. I kind of flip flop between the Suns and the Warriors last year, but this year I've been very consistent that Denver's going to win the West. And I was right. I haven't really been right since the KD Warriors were together and everybody was right back then predicting that they would go to the finals. So I am kind of proud of myself for that, but it wasn't hard to see. They were the only great team all year. The biggest knock on them was that their defense wasn't good enough. And I said that never aligned with my eyes. You can't take all these regular season stats to the bank. Aaron Gordon, KCP, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, these guys guarded, rotation shrunk. And I will say this, Jokic and Murray, while not the greatest defenders, while they still are the ones that get targeted, they have done kind of like what Dirk done in 2011. They've been good enough. They've been good. In, I think they've been decent, honestly. They've been decent. All you need to be is decent and willing when you have great defenders around you, and they do have that. They have Aaron Gordon, who's amazing. They have Bruce Brown, who's great. They have KCP, who's great. Need I say more? And Mike Malone, what an amazing job he's done. And the Nuggets offense is built on movement, not offensive isolation and high pick and roll. It's They have a, the best pick and roll tandem in the league, in my opinion, Murray Jokic. But they have posts up. They cut when Jokic has the ball. They all set screens for one another. They have their point guards setting screens for their center. They're a transition team. They're a half-court team. 
They are the best team in the league, and this will be their first championship, barring any unforeseen injury. And, I mean, it's just amazing. What a story. Jokic is such an incredible player, and I want to give him his flowers because he should have been a three-time MVP, and everybody held it against him. They didn't have enough postseason success. What the fuck are they going to say after this? A slow white guy that looks like he's blowing a gasket whenever he's running down, sprinting. And by the way, his stamina is amazing. He looks like he's gas, but he's not. Blowing a gasket when he's running up the floor. Can't jump over a fucking phone book. Is destroying the modern evolution NBA where everybody's a freak and Larry Bird wouldn't be Bogdanovich in the today's game. And he's the best player in the league. That tells you a lot about the way it is to score in the game. And I don't even think that Jokic would be suffering if he played in other eras. I think that Jokic could score and dominate even with less spacing. You know what I'm saying? Because Jokic has skill in the post. And that's what you needed in previous eras to succeed. He's got that and then some. So what a generational talent. And I don't throw that word around there. Some of you guys throw that shit around there like fucking change at a water fountain. Like, no. I don't throw generational around there. Motherfuckers, no. Jokic is, though, and I was on to him, to how great he was, 2016-17. I know I got no receipts because I didn't have a YouTube or anything, but when he played the Clippers and dropped a triple-double on us, I was like, who the fuck is this? He's playing, this guy's going to be a star. Did I ever expect this? No. This is insane. And we're going to continue to talk about his greatness as he continues in his run in this championship. And it's going to be one of the great championship runs in history for an individual. Triple-double in the conference finals and beat LeBron and AD and completely outplayed them. And enclosed two of the games on the road. What a legend. Passing otherworldly, fundamentals otherworldly, IQ otherworldly. But how about the role players who've just been so great? I talked about him. MPJ, Aaron Gordon, KCP. Such a great cast. But the person I feel the most happy for is Jamal Murray. Because he was the one that everybody underrated. And I had to say, this guy's the fucking real deal. He's an all-star caliber player. And people want to run with, Jokic is going to win a ring without an all-star. Bullshit. All-stars don't play like that. He can make shots from anywhere on the court. I've said it all series. His jumper, it may be hit or miss, but he does a great job of getting himself going towards the basket. Does having Jokic as your pick and roll uh, guy help? Pick and pop guy help? You're damn right it does. But man, that doesn't take away from Murray's fundamentals, his patience, and his ability to score going both ways, and his diverse shot profile. So, they've earned every bit of it. The Denver Nuggets are in the NBA Finals for the first time in their history, and I could not be happier for them. The Lakers, the season comes to an end after starting 2-10. and It was a Cinderella story, and it comes to an end in the Conference Finals. This is the first Lakers Conference Finals defeat that I've ever witnessed in my life. The first one since 1998, if I'm not mistaken. Did they lose in the Conference Finals to the Spurs in 1999? I think they didn't. Spurs Trailblazers, yeah. It was this, it was 98 against the Jazz. It was the last time they lost in the Conference Finals, so... Yeah, first time I've ever seen it. First time LeBron's lost in the conference finals since Orlando. That's the only time he's ever lost in the conference finals is Orlando. So seeing LeBron get swept for the third time, I got a good laugh for that. But anyway, I want to say this from the bottom of my heart to all the Laker fans. I know it's weird to listen to a Clipper fan uh, after games and stuff and listen to my analysis, but you know I do it because, but you listen because you know that I'm not that biased. Sure, I clown here and there and I have my fun, as you guys do with my Clippers, but I don't really hate the Lakers because, I again, I want to reiterate this. I grew up with a family that wasn't 
Clipper-hating Laker fans. And they begged me not to hate them. Like, I kid you not. I did hate them at one point. Like, every other Clipper fan does. They begged me not to. And they said, listen, Kobe's so great. Stop hating. You're going to regret it. So then I started, like, you know, just making sure I watched every single one of their games. Because, look, I'm a basketball junkie. And we sleep, live, and breathe basketball. I know that sounded weird, the order I put those words in. But whatever. I watched Kobe on FSN West and KCAL 9 every single night my whole life. And I don't regret a moment because... I watched. I had a I had a basketball game on every night growing up, and I didn't have league pass, you know. And I didn't have to watch national television for that. That's a blessing to me for a guy that loves basketball. And this city loves basketball, and I think you guys can tell that. I'm so passionate about LA sports. That includes the Lakers, their amazing history, what they're doing on a game to game basis. It, it, to me, the conversation in LA with basketball is always better when both the Lakers and the Clippers are in the playoffs. Of course, I would like the Lakers to be the seventh seed and the Clippers to be the one seed. That'd be my preference. But when they're both in the playoffs, this city is rocking and LA breathes this sport, man. And, and I couldn't thank you guys enough. The Laker fans, I got some of the best in the on the planet that listen to me. And for your support for the third consecutive season, you're my second biggest fan base. I don't know how many of you guys... I may have more. I don't think that as many Laker fans subscribe to me as Clippers, but it's not that far off. And I don't regret doing this, man. And I, I, I apologize this season for, you know, after the World Cup, I was not really doing Laker lives as much. I just didn't expect much from the team. And I just didn't have time, you know, doing locked on Clippers. It's been a tougher adjustment for me time wise to keep doing this. But it's been nice to see you guys come in. 1000 views, 100 plus people in the live on these Laker playoff wins. I wish you guys showed the same love when you lost, but can't ask for everything, right? And I hope you guys keep supporting me going forward because this summer we're going to do a lot of history content and you can't tell the story about NBA history without the story of the Laker history. Laker fans, Dime Dropper fam. This is mainly for the Laker fans because the Dime Dropper fam are coming back tomorrow. But for the Laker fans that do listen to me and they're going to take their their well-deserved time away from listening to basketball shit after this if they want, um, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to listen to a Clipper fan and show them the love you do is is um, is pretty special. So appreciate you all. Have a great night and have a great summer. And also, last thing, Darvin Ham thought he had a good rookie coaching season. Was he flawless? No, absolutely should get a second season. What are we doing here? He should. Peace. And they also need a backup center. Peace. One that's playable, not Mo Bamba. <laughs>